Thanks so much to Pod Plays Podcast, bringing great stories, epic songs, audio dramas that are a movie for your ears. Within each story, you'll discover new and original music by Nashville's top hit songwriters. Visit podplays.com to find the stories, the app, and links to follow Pod Plays on all your favorite social media sites. You know what, Devin? I tell people, I always write hits. It's just sometimes the S is in the wrong place. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's one of the founders of the first ever Jamaican bobsled team that competed in the Olympics. The captain, I believe. He was inducted as an Olympian for life by the World Olympians Association for inspiring people to never give up. Could there be a greater honor than that? He's also a book writer, a motivational speaker, and just so happens to have a, had a Disney film made about his Olympic journey called Cool Runnings, one of my favorite movies ever. It's Devin Harris. What's up, Devin? Hey, my man, what's going on, dude? That... <laughs> is the most amazing honor to think about the world Olympians saying you are an Olympian for life for inspiring people to never give up. That's got to be the greatest feeling. Yeah, it's it's, it's flattering, man. You know, um, it's always cool to get recognized, but I think it's really cool when your peers recognize, you know, and they, um, so this was back in 2018. They, they started this program in... 2016 in Rio, they selected five summer Olympic athletes and they honored them and recognized them as Olympians for life. And then uh, for the Pyeongchang uh, Games, they found five winter Olympians and I was among those first five. And I'm like, I always thought I was an Olympian for life. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it was cool. It was uh, very flattering to be honored by my peers. Yeah, because you already are Olympian for life, even if they yeah. say you're not. They can't <laughs> take that away. Yeah. They made it official, man. They gave me a yeah. That's right. That's right. All right, fast five. You ready, Devin? Yeah, roll it, man. Here we go. Would you rather win an Olympic medal or a Nobel Peace Prize? Ooh, geez. That's not fair. <laughs> You know, I think I'd have to go with the Nobel Peace Prize because I think um, the impact of the work would have been so much greater than winning an Olympic medal. What if we asked you during the Olympics where you when you were bobsledding? If I say if I asked you then, what would you say? Oh, <laughs> see, man, you asked some really unfair questions because, <laughs> because he's an unfair then, man. man you're, 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 
Because then, when you're at the Olympics, like nothing else matters. That's yeah. right, right, right. You're so heat, you're, you're in the heat of the moment. Oh yeah, we got our answer right there, Devin. Without you saying it, we know. <laughs> Forget about peace. I want this trophy. <laughs> well, well, well. Forget about peace. <laughs> yeah. I want this yeah. Olympic medal we're gonna, now. We're gonna try and win that trophy as peaceful, peaceful as possible. <laughs> yeah. Peace will come after I win this uh, this medal around my neck. Right now we're in a war, boy. That's right. <laughs> What animal are you most like? Ooh, I'm going to say the goat because I'm Capricorn. And you know, the goats, they climb to the top, man. Nice. That's a good one. I, I like don't know that. nothing about what Capricorn means, but uh, right, right. that's the only one I know about, man. We, we go to the top, bro. You go yeah. to the top, and you did. Yeah. You went to the top, yeah. and you're still there awesome. in my book. What, look at all those trophies <laughs> behind him. Look at that. What is that? What's that trophy oh. right behind you? So, I, I just put this here to make up uh, stuff. This is actually from high school. Um, the Nelly nice Olsen Mine didn't look like that in high school. I'm talking about the yeah, one with the that, star that, on it. it. It was for the most outstanding and all-around student. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. God, yeah man. I guess I did some things, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, Planet Awards. Uh, there's a, uh, a magazine in in, uh, in Canada in Toronto. They gave me the Sports and Athletic Award for some of the uh, not for profit stuff that I did as well. So, oh, very yeah. cool! You're on yeah. your way to that Nobel yeah. Peace Prize, my friend. I guess so, man. I you know I don't know what else I need to go. What <laughs> I need to go say something real fast. Yeah, we got we got to figure out what we got to do to get you a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, you know. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Can I just say my favorite kind of movie? Um, no. Anything with action. <laughs> no. We reject that. No. I reject your request, and I want you to say yes. your favorite movie. <laughs> well, I was just watching Saving Private Ryan last night. Oh, man. Oh, that's yeah. a great movie. That is a great movie. That's a great movie. That's man, a great what a good movie. pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I love those kinds. You know, being ex-Army and, uh, you know, oh, like, yeah. so that stuff like when... I'm, I'm dissecting everything from the from the tactics to the leadership and the courage and you know all of that stuff. How yeah. accurate? How accurate was it? So every soldier you talk to, and, and I've spoken to, when we watch those kinds of movies, I mean, there are things in it that are tactically sound, and there are other things that go, "Come on, <laughs> doesn't make any sense," you know, kind of thing. So. Give me a instance of um, what it was like. That and then the, lead, the like the leadership. I don't remember the name of this character. Um, this uh, one kid that they had picked up, who was like a clerk, um, and he actually ended up saving, preventing them from killing a German soldier who had killed one of their boys. But then he was so weak, he you know, literally watched this German dude kill one of his dudes. You know, and like throughout the movie, he just like pissed me off. I'm like, get some courage, man. In the end, he shot the German um, because uh, obviously I think he had had enough. But yeah, mm. um, you know, war is I've never fought in an, in an actual war. I've just trained. and but, but I know from from my training alone that it's ugly, you know. 
It's it's I, I can't tell you how many times I'm dude, I'm exhausted. I think I'm gonna die. And the, there's a guy across the way shooting at me. You know, and I'm so grateful in those moments that he's only shooting blanks. Because I'm like, man, I can't imagine what I would do right now being so exhausted if that guy was actually shooting life bullets at me, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. I know war scary. It's a scary, scary yeah, thing. I got is. friends have been in several, several, mm. been, over, been over there several times. Not several wars, but yeah. several, several times yeah, they've, sure. they've been deployed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's a product that you would happily be the spokesperson for right now? Um, arthritis treatment. <laughs> hey, Icy high. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I would do that too. Yeah, Icy yeah, high man. coming in, Devin yeah, Harris. Because, because uh, I could speak with congruency on that one. <laughs> <laughs> this works. Yeah. Trust me. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> if you were a pair of shoes, what kind would you be? Orthopedics? Because you just said arthritis so i yeah, think um, arthritis for arthritis yeah. uh, you I know, know i i um <laughs> i have no idea a comfortable pair of sneakers a pair of sneakers running shoes is what yeah. i thought you'd say but like some you, nice you see, that's the thing I love, but, but i'm i'm thinking about my arthritis and the fact that i can't run very much and very far these days so i can walk you know you know pretty far in a nice pair of sneakers do they make but shoes yeah. for arthritis? Or am I just crazy? I don't think so, man. No, I, I just no. think that you need... Well, for me, I just I kind of need some extra cushion these days. I see. So the running Dr. shoes... Dr. Scholl's. Dr. Scholl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Come Scholl. on, Dr. Scholl. Let's talk. Let's Come on, talk. Dude, that, that's who we need to get you as a spokesperson for. Dr. Scholl. Yeah, I think so, too, man. Yeah. I'm going to have him call you. I know Dr. Scholl's real well. <laughs> the doc. I know the doctor. Yeah. Tell him, tell him, I'm going to give you a number. Tell him Dr. Doc wants to speak to him. <laughs> Are you a doctor? No, I said the jock. No, but I'm saying, did you, didn't you go to, did you go to college did you go to college? I too? went to military military college. I went. I, I, you're familiar. You know about West Point, right? Yeah, of course. So I went to the I went to the British equivalent of that, the Royal Military Academy, Sandhurst. Right, right. And you, but and you got a degree from there, right? Or yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I went to study the art of war, my man. Oh, you well, got yeah. a, he got a degree in art of war. I've read yeah. that book. Actually, you read that book, Art yeah. of War. Hmm. That's a crazy book, Sun Tzu. Yeah. Sun Tzu, yeah. Zoom type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Would I you? I'm, 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 it's been a while. I'm. I'm thinking that I have that book on my bookshelf. I'm kind of looking, but yeah. Ben, Sometime. what was you about to say? I said there are. There is a company called Kuru who makes shoes for arthritis. Arthritis. Son feet. of a gun. Man. Just so you know. Mm, I did not know that. I thought I had heard that. Um. Now speaking of shoes, y'all wore special shoes when you were bobsledding right yeah we, we call them ice spikes so so they are like regular track spikes except um that the the, the spikes themselves that we call the teeth are about a millimeter long and a millimeter apart and so it just like you have a whole bunch of them and they just uh really grip the ice really really well you know you so- just go what was it like when, because you were in the military and you saw a, an, basically an advertisement 
to go through some rigorous training, dangerous training, and it turned out to be bobsledding. What was it yeah. like to – which is very dangerous, especially for y'all because y'all had no clue what you were doing, right, at all. <laughs> yeah. Was there – now, is the movie – how accurate is the movie Cool Runnings? Was was uh, yeah. there actually a coach that fell in – that really wanted to uh, have a Jamaican bobsled team and he took y'all under his wing and started saying, this is how you got to do it and it's not going to be tough and all that stuff. Was that true? Yeah. So, so, so obviously I've been doing some reading, man. I'm impressed. Um, so yeah, so I saw I saw that that notice, and we'll call it the force orders. And I thought this was ridiculous. And I, and I remember saying nobody could ever get me to go on one of those things until my colonel told me that I should go to the team trials. Now the truth is that I didn't have to make the team. He told me to go to the team trials. I didn't have to make the team, but I, you know, I've always wanted to represent my country at the Olympics. And so this now presented an opportunity for me to do that. So it just went from me being skeptical to, and and the way I'm wired as well, Marty and Ben, is that I, I can't settle for being an also run. If I'm going to the team trials, I, I got I to gotta put up, right? And if I make it, I make it. And so I, I went and I made it. The, um, the whole thing with the coach, that, and that whole storyline is is way off base. So our coach at the time, Howard Seiler, uh, actually raced for the U.S. in 1980 in the two-man. He finished fifth, which was the best finish the U.S. had until 2002 at the Olympics. Um, then the whole business of the weight, actually... In bobsledding, you are allowed to add weights to your sled. It's it's mass times uh, velocity, right? It's physics. So the um the heavier the ideal situation is to have heavier guys and a lighter sled, so you don't lose any weight heading down the track. Mm. Um, in 1988, our team I was the heaviest guy on our team at about 180, 185 pounds. Um, so we had. Tons of weight in our sled. As long the the maximum weight I think with the guys on the sled on a four man is about thirteen hundred and fifty pounds. So as long as they don't go over that weight limit, you're good. And when you when you made it, you were the captain, right? So in eighty eight, I was not the captain. So I, so in eighty eight, we had three army guys on the team. You had uh, you had Michael White, who was a private. I was a lieutenant or lieutenant, as Americans would say. And then Dudley Stokes was an was a, was an army captain, and we voted him team captain. Um, then in 19, actually I became team captain in 1990 um, and, and captained the team to the Olympics um, and the next two Olympics, actually. Was it the same team, or did the, did the, the uh, people rotate? In 1992, we had all four original guys came back. So although Dudley Stokes was on the team, I became team captain. I, th- I think by then I was also an army captain. Um, uh, but we also had some additional guys on the team. And then in 90, I missed the 94 Olympics because I just moved to the U.S. I went back in 92 and I was captain of the two-man team. You played you played football. Uh, now so- I'm yeah, thinking, it's, football, I'm thinking it's soccer, yeah. right? Yeah, soccer, real football. That's real what I was football, thinking. Yeah. Uh, the fake football. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I got to give it – I got to actually uh, concede that to soccer as being real football because they were out – they were a, a thing before American football was. So, whoever came first, I always give it to them. So, soccer – Yeah, existed. but we also – we keep the ball more than American footballers do. No, I'm saying I, 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 I concede that soccer is the All real right. football is what I'm saying. Because, yeah, like I, I said, soccer came first, and they only call yeah. it soccer in America. So That's I can true. see that that y'all that you played real football. But I wanted to clear up that it was soccer that you played. It was not because they because what I was reading didn't spell it f u t because I thought it was spelled f u t and not f o o t. But I guess it's still spelled the same way. Yeah, I think the F-U-T might be, I'm not sure which language that's Spanish or, or Portuguese yeah, or maybe, but, but you know, the English spelling is F-O-O-T. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, when you, the movie with Cool Runnings, when you, which, which character would you say portrayed you the best? Which one were you <laughs> in the, in the sled? Yeah. So, so I usually tell people I'm the handsome one. And, and then they take one look at me and they start to laugh. And they're like, there's nothing handsome about you. <laughs> but, you know, the characters are really different, though, from, from real-life characters. So when I, if I had to choose one, I'd say Yul Brenner, the bald-headed guy. Um, but more because he was a guy, you might remember, who wanted to go to Buckingham Palace to live. That's right. He was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. Yeah. And that's how I see myself as well, as a dreamer. So you want to live in Buckingham Palace too? Well, the, it's a, it's a metaphor, right, for yeah. for wanting to be in a place that's better than where you are. And I right. I, I definitely wanted that. Man, I grew up in the hood. Yeah, you grew, grew up, up in a, a place really called. Now explain this. It was called Waterhouse and Firehouse. Was the nickname of the place you grew up, right? Yeah. So the, the actual the proper name is Olympic Gardens. So let's start. That's, wow. that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Olympic Gardens. Yeah. And you ended up being an Olympian for life. Yeah. Jeez. See, I was like, I was born to do this. He was born to do it. <laughs> but why was it called so, Firehouse and Waterhouse? Well, that Right. So Olympic Gardens. Um, so the most notorious part of Olympic Gardens is actually called Waterhouse. Okay. I'm not sure how he got the name Waterhouse, but, you know, that's when, 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 the Olympic Gardens tend to be synonymous with Waterhouse. When somebody say, if you say you're from Olympic Gardens, they immediately think Waterhouse. But you're not necessarily from Waterhouse if you live in Olympic Gardens, if that makes sense, right? It's kind of like if you live in New York, you could be, you could live in the in the South Bronx or you could live in Brooklyn or, you know? Right. So Waterhouse was the most notorious enclave of Olympic Gardens. And because it was so hot, so violent, um, so volatile, really, uh, that's why it got the nickname Firehouse. Because mm. it was hot, boy. It was hot. And I guess water and fire don't mix either. So No, yeah. no, exactly. Track and field was what you actually – was that actually true in the movie? You actually loved track and field the most, and you wanted to do that. Is that yeah, true? So that, that that was true. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to the Olympics to run eight hundred and fifteen hundred meters. What happened? Um bobsledding. So <laughs> I, so what happened was 
so I'm in high school and I had this crazy dream that I was going to go compete in the 1984 games in, in LA. Didn't come anywhere near to qualifying for that. It just, just was not on track for it. But then I joined the army. That was also a big part of the plan. And so I go off to England and I did my training. And so fast forward, it's 1987. And I'm, I'm 21 years old and, and I'm having this really intense conversation with myself. I'm like, so you have achieved your big dreams, right? You're, you're, you're an army arsenal. What are you going to do with the rest of your life, man? Is this it? And then I'm like, oh yeah, the Olympics. The Olympics were coming up the following year, 88, in Seoul, Korea. Calgary was not on my radar. I did not know anything about Calgary. Didn't know such a place existed. And so I started... Um, running every morning before I had to report for duties. I'm thinking maybe I can get fit enough to qualify for the Olympics. And it's run about that time that these two Americans came up with the idea to start the bobsled team. And I went out for the team trials and that's what happened. Here we are. Did you, if you could, if you could choose and you could go back and God said, okay, just pick what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to run in the, you're going to run in the Olympics or you can bobsled at this point in your life, what would you do? Oh, bobsled. Easy. You fell in love with it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Love love it. Um, and you just, I've been able to make such a bigger impact, way bigger. Even if I'd won the gold and broken the record at the Olympic Games, I wouldn't have been able to inspire as many people as I've been able to do as part of the bobsled team. The fastest man in the world is from Jamaica, Usain Bolt. Yeah. You know him? Mm-hmm. I've met him a couple of times, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say we are buddies, but you know, we've met a couple of times. Is he pretty cool fella? Pretty cool kid? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Certainly during the times that I've met him, I was kind of surprised by how... Um, even keel and laid back he was. It, it, it's a very different persona uh, from the person you see at the starting line doing the to the world pose and you know all the all the antics. Just just very laid back and cool, which was um, surprising. I heard a story about Usain Bolt during his uh, Olympic run. There, the first I think it was the first time that he uh, broke the record, and I think he. The story goes, if I remember it correctly, that he said that uh, he didn't run as hard as he could to break the record because he knew that he could. He got a bonus or something. He got paid or something for breaking the record. I don't remember what it was, but something happened where he got uh, he could get that every time that he broke the record. So he knew he was head over heels faster than these people, and he didn't give it his all. So each time he could break his own record. And I think he broke his own record twice or something. Is that fact? I don't know. I don't know how true that is, um, because when he so if you go back to Beijing 2008, he was the record holder at the time, um, and then when he jogged across the line and broke the record. <laughs> yeah, right. He wasn't even trying. Right. You know, and then then uh, for the world championship, he came out blazing and destroyed the record. You right. Know? He he broke the record twice then, or he, I guess three times. Yeah, so three times. Uh, but before Beijing, right here in New York, he, he broke Asafa, Asafa Powell, another Jamaican. That was his record. 
and Bolt broke it. Why are you and making then, it so fast? Because we just, why, you know, why are they pirates? Because we are. <laughs> it's like ever if, if he had the record before us because i remember for years i think it was michael johnson he was an american he was the fastest mm-hmm. man in the world for year, when i was growing up i think well he was but let's let's qualify that though it was the fastest <clears throat> at 200 and 400 usually the guy that they consider the fastest man in the world is a, a world record holder of the olympic a champion at 100 meters. So was that Maurice Green, the American, during Michael Johnson's time? I'm trying to remember who. Maurice won once, then Justin Gatlin. You know, all of those guys had titles, the fastest man in the world. Um, Michael, I mean, amazing, impressive. I, I love watching him. He was definitely a killer at 200 and, and 400. Hmm. I know nothing about track and field. So, yeah, I know you're talking about yeah. the 200 meter and the 400 meter, and I got a buddy that's going to listen to this podcast. He actually, uh, I think he ran, he ran some kind of competition in Italy. I don't, I don't remember if it was connected to the Olympics or not. His name's Marcus Santi, and I'm, I know for a fact that he don't listen to any episodes of mine at all. I know he doesn't, but he will listen to this one <laughs> uh, because yeah. he's, he's big into the Olympics. Uh, nonetheless, when you, when you got to the Olympics as the first Jamaican bobsled team. What was the what was the energy like when you were there for was it was it just straight nerves or was it like, hey, we're here and it, we're, the fact that we're here is is winning enough so we there's no pressure really. Or was it like we gotta win now? Well, first of all, there was no we gotta win now, but there are so many there are so many different levels to this man. So if you imagine that you you grew up watching the Olympics and you see these men and women marching in the opening ceremonies, um, and then one day you set foot in the stadium during that Olympic opening uh, ceremony, 56,000 people cheering, and I promise you more cameras than you can count, and you've watched this, watched this many times on TV. So you know in that moment that you're faces on TV around the world and there's some little kid seeing you and going, wow, he's one of the best athletes in the world. And you're, I think in that, you're hoping that you can live up to that expectation. Um, and in that moment, you're also living the dream, right? Because this is something that you've wanted for a while. Right. And then even before we get to the competition, just being in the Olympic Village and um, meeting people from all over the world, people who are under normal circumstances, You'd never meet. Uh, and especially for me in 88, uh, you know, 1988, we're still at the height of the Cold War. I was a newly minted army officer and I, I was uh, taught that everybody behind the Iron Curtain was evil. And here I am, I'm in the Olympic Village, I'm in the game arcade and I'm killing the Pac-Man. You know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm dating myself, right? But <laughs> off to my left is a guy from East Germany, off to my right is a guy from Poland, and they're supposed to be evil. And you take a look at them and you realize, you know what, they're, they're human just like I am. I am. You know, we suffer from the same human frailties and share similar aspirations, want to compete and be the best for our countries. And you realize in that moment, for me anyway, that the only real difference between us is ideology. 
And it's not even our ideology. It's ideology that somebody else gave us, right. taught us, kind of indoctrinated us with, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the being in the village, um, it's like you're shut off from the world. You're, you're, living, you're living in utopia is how I describe it. You know, when, the, when that flame is lit, it just is a symbol of, uh, of unity, oneness. So, so although you're there to compete and, uh, you know, the, 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 your humanity really supersedes that. In That's many amazing. Ways. It makes me like yeah. I, something I say all the time is I tell people, I say, you, you don't, you're not just born with the ability to hate, right? When you're born and you're a child with little babies and toddlers, they they just want to play with whoever will play with them. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you grow up, the world and movies and TV and even your own family and people around you, they teach you to hate. So you're taught to hate this person or this country or that person or whatever. You're taught that. But as a as a child, you don't know that. You got to learn how to hate. It's not something – it's almost I, like you're born with I, love. I tell you an experience. That, yeah. I tell you an experience I had um, uh, in Jamaica. So, you know, I'm, I'm watching Roots. I don't know. I'm, oh, I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Series. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I like my favorite character in that whole movie is Kinta Kunte. And um, there's, a, there's a part of me, uh, Marty, that, that is so defiant. Like, you know, and I think you need that, you know, to succeed, right? You just have to be willing to defy the odds. And I remember when Kinta Kunta was being whipped and asked his name and he, he was being defiant and said, my name is Kinta Kunte. And I was there with him, man, until the guy broke him and he said his name was Toby. And I don't know how old I was, 10 maybe? And I remember thinking to myself, I hate all white people. Mm. And and then in the and this is the, and so I, I I so agree with you that you know all of this racism and hatred is learned because in that moment I said that I, I hate all white people but then my very next thought was well why would I hate this white guy when he didn't do anything to me maybe his grandfather this is this is my ten year old self reasoning this out in right. Jamaica right maybe his grandfather or great-grandfather did something to my grandfather or great-grandfather, but he didn't do anything to me, so why would I hate him? Mm. And I just think that if people, because prejudice and racism is about hating somebody just because of who they are or what they look like, has nothing to do with what they did to you. It's very deep as a 10-year-old. I was thinking about how I was going to get my next little Debbie. At 10 years old. <laughs> I was thinking that too, but in that moment. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about that now, Devin, to be honest with you. <laughs> ben, you got that little Debbie back there somewhere? I mean, that, that, there's a 10-year-old thinking about that's very, very uh, thoughtful, yeah. and you had a great brain to be – because another you were you were in an area that was horrible. It was it was a bad area, and uh, there was no reason for you to – Did you, you must have had a – a good family to even be having those type of thoughts to reason it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, my parents, my dad, especially, you know, taught us to respect people and, you know, and treat people well. 
But I, but I also kind of believe that, you know, you treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Yeah, it's biblical. That's just something that I've, that I've always kind of have in me, right? I, I, I treat people well. I mean, if you piss me off, then, you know, we have a problem. But, um, you know, I, I try to treat people well. I try to treat them the way I like to be treated. Because uh, if you treat me poorly, we're not going to get along. Do unto just others. Do unto others as, as you would have them do unto you. That's yeah, a that's yeah. a scripture. Jesus said yeah. that. So I live the same way. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's not, I mean we try, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm not suggesting I'm perfect, but I try to because I'm sure there are some people out there who have some issues with me because of something I did or said to them, right? But um I try to treat people well and people who I, I and I get it that sometimes you might be having a bad day and you do something that piss me off or, you know, treat me unkindly. But, and I get that. But if it's a, a, a pattern, mm-hmm. right. Don't, don't think, don't, 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 yeah. Don't, don't think that we're going to, I'm going to be closing up to you, man. Cause it ain't happening. That's the way I am. If it the pattern, that's a good word. I like that because you can tell if it's, if you go to the same restaurant and the same thing, and then these people are always having a bad day, then Maybe I'm having a bad day always, too, around them. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I'm going to be hateful, but I ain't going to be the nicest human being either. You know, I should be. You know, I should be the nicest person at all times I can be. But I wish I was – I wish I had that ability to go to people that were just, just – yeah. I mean, just hateful all the time and just be the nicest, sweetest little right. uh, catching flies with honey. Yeah. But I'm not that guy either. I can't. It's hard. No, dude, I, I talk all the time about, uh, you know, like I'm not even a quarter of the man Nelson Mandela is. Because, you know, that, that guy spent 28 years in prison, man, and he came out and, and he goes, I forgive you. That's love. It's all good. Yeah. That's real, um, that's real love. That's what Jesus did. May, 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 may I grow into being that guy. May I grow into being that man. Honestly, that that's... That's just precious. Now you, you, know? you uh, talked about Olympic Village a while ago. I heard some stories about the Olympic Village, about some very promiscuous things that would go on in Olympic Village. I've been hearing those stories too, man. You've been hearing them. You lived them, Devin. <laughs> Tell us. No. Give us the info, buddy. <laughs> this is the only so, reason we had you on the show, it. Devin, was to hear this. Not really. Hear about the debauchery. <laughs> yeah. What happened That's in the, the, thing, in the Olympic Village, <laughs> in the arcade, so, while you were playing Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Maybe my focus was uh, in the wrong place. So, in, in it, <laughs> he was like, I was just focused on winning the medal. Everybody else yeah, yeah, was being remiss. <laughs> There's, um, so in 88, for example, right, we were, my team, and I know how people think, oh, the Jamaicans are out partying. Dude, we had a nine o'clock curfew. At nine o'clock, I'm laying in bed, looking up on the ceiling, pissed, pissed, <laughs> right? And then, you know, I see another dude, a dude from uh, another team. I remember this, like getting up in the morning and being, at, for some reason, being at the entrance to the village and seeing this guy from another bobsled team. I'm not going to say which team I, I call his name. Kissing his girlfriend as she drops him off, and he goes, "See you later, love." <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or talking to another friend of mine because we're all friends uh, on another team. This is 
I was talking to him back in 2010, right? And he's telling me the story of the, the word he uses, shagging, all the shagging he did. In the, I'm like, really? Dude, I was in bed at nine. <laughs> so he that guy was clearly from Europe. A lot of stuff going on yeah. while you're sleeping. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff, Devin. <laughs> That that Pac-Man game you played and you touched, there were some bad things happening on the, the night before. Yeah. So, so, so true story. True story. This is the first time I'm telling this story publicly. Oh, first. So, so the world is going to know now. So I'm in, I'm in Nagano uh, in the village, this, and uh, there are some Olympic um, officials walking around, and uh, the, we, I kind of met up on them, and we're kind of chit-chatting. Um, they're, they're all Japanese. And this one lady, she hands me a packet. She puts it in my hand. And and I look at it, uh, and it has the the mascot, the mascots for the Olympics. I think there were snowlets, right? So, but 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 um, I look at it, and I recognize what it is, and I look at her, and I look at it, and I look at her. It's a condom. It's a packet of condom, right? <laughs> wow. And, and she just, she just keeps she keeps a straight face as she goes, Japan medical team. <laughs> wow. Like, medical like, team. Medical yeah, team like, coming in. Man. Man. Wow. Sorry, Tell us the rest of the story. Like, <laughs> that was the rest of the story. She, she just walked off and she goes, Japan medical team. And she just walks off. It's like, don't get any ideas. Mr. Jamaican man. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jamaican man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you, if I it's if I search my garage hard enough, I'll find that condom still. I said, wow. really? Yeah, son of a gun. That proves that the promiscuous uh, stories that I heard were true because they're handing out condoms, right? Yeah, I suppose, but not by not by me. Definitely, I would say not by the Jamaican. <laughs> not by me. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. I've heard that it got gets pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was telling uh, a couple of people this week, the one, like the worst sport to be in at the Olympics from this, from the perspective of having fun is bobsledding because you, you, tra- the, the, you have the opening ceremonies, then you train, you practice all week, and then you race on the weekend for the two man, and then you practice all week, the second week for the foreman, and then you race on the weekend, and then there's a closing ceremonies. Boring. Olympics are over. Wow. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. then you have guys who their sport actually starts before the opening ceremonies. So by the time the Olympics gets, it, it, even before halfway of the first week, they are done. Man. Party. All the girls done left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it, it is what it is. What is? What do you think about? What do you think about these sports? Like, uh, I think pool was added to the Olympics now. Like actually, pool? billboards. Really? Like billiards? billiards? <laughs> billboards? Billboards? I was looking at you thinking about your hit songs and stuff. He's a hit songwriter. Been on a billboard. <laughs> yeah. He's been billiards. on a billboard chart. I'm sitting there. <laughs> of course, it's billiards. <laughs> I think billiards is an Olympic sport now. And there's some. You there's know, always curling. Some well, curling makes curling. sense. Because curling is actually curling. that's skill. 
curling well, is you don't think, you don't think, you don't think, think playing pool is skill? Not, that sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> billboards is skill. <laughs> I will, I'm not I say billboards ain't skill. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. So the, the thing is that when you think of the Olympics and you think of sports, you always think of um, a physical contest. Right, right. Um, but but then, I mean, let's look at, let's go across, like, there's archery. Right. That's, that's true. It's that's not, not very physical. physical. It makes sense, though. Not, not, but it's actually physical, but not in the way that we, it's not confrontational in the way right. we think of it normally, right? But then it requires such tremendous skill and, and mental effort. Oh, yeah. The, what that is that? Not everybody can do it. I can't remember the right. name of it, but there's one. Have you seen the one where uh, where they run, they ski for so many miles, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then um, shoot, and they have to shoot. Right. Oh, it's crazy. Let me. Let me um, and if they miss, <laughs> they have to go around and ski again to get. No, it's a whole thing. It's crazy. Now, but that's. But you know that is a, a skill though. But it's yeah. still strange. Like one of the one of the one of the weirdest ones to me is tug of war. Is it Olympic sport? It, that's not in the Olympics, though. That it, may have been in yeah, the I Olympics. Like Olympic. I've years, never seen it. It's not in the Olympics. Olympics. It, that was in the Olympics, right here. I'm, I can look. I'm looking at it right now. It was or is <laughs> that's, it's, that's, it's not. No, it probably was back in the 1900s, maybe. I don't know, but it was at one point tug of war, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me let me Dude, see. That, that is not, have, you ever, have you ever done a tug of war? Of course, I love oh, tug yeah. of war. When I was a boy, look how big that's, I am, that, Devin. That's hard. Devin, that's where I shine. <laughs> tug of war. So, 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 um, my my, my colonel will hear this now and is going that bugger. So, uh, we you know we have always had these army trap meets, and there's always a competition between the officers and the sergeants. And the Sanchez are these big beer belly dudes, you know. They usually win the tug of wars. Of course, right? I'm I'm running, I'm, I'm 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 running at this meet. I have a bunch of 400 meter races that I'm running. I have another 400 meter race to go, and the colonel tells me, not the same one who told me to go bob to the bobsled team truck, another one, tells me to go pull on the tug of war. I'm like, sir, I'm running again, and it's like, go pull. So I go, I, I get on the rope. And I grimace, I grimace, I grimace. I did not pull not one bit. <laughs> but he didn't know that. Because you had a big boy like me on the other end of there's a there's a picture no, of tug of war in the Olympics. Yeah, but it's nineteen hundred to nineteen twenty. That's so that's right. still in yeah, That's what he said, nineteen hundreds. I know, but I'm just saying it was an it was it was Olympic sport, weird Olympic sport. Right. Uh, ben, yeah. can can he see that picture? Devin, can he see that? I just picture? saw it. Yeah, I just saw you see it. it? Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, mm-hmm. one of the ones was hot air ballooning. Now, was that in the 1900s too? Look, Ben, look that up. Would have to be hot air ballooning Olympic sport. <clears throat> That's crazy to me. I don't yeah, think it, I don't think it should happen. Right? Maybe I'm wrong, but no. well, I mean, are these things that you think you could do? They yeah, sailing. these are things I could do. That's why they shouldn't be an Olympic sport. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> when I think about Olympic so, athlete, I don't so think about think myself. So you think you'd be as good at hot air ballooning as 
Olympic hot air balloons? One hundred percent. You just no, but he thing. Could, no, no, man, he, man, he could not do hot air balloons. Only in nineteen hundred, the the year nineteen hundred was hot air ballooning. But, oh, but, I had one chance. Man. I blew it. You blew your chance. Way too late. <laughs> blew your chance. I blew two but chances. Man, Ben, do you think Marty could get up in a hot air balloon, though? That's the question. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Golly, David coming in with some hot ones, eh? <laughs> God, he's like, you think the hot air balloon could take Marty up? No. <laughs> Daddy, go. I said, oh, look, Daddy cake, he ran with it. <laughs> I will go up in a hot air balloon during the Olympics with the little Debbies beneath my feet as I'm going up, eating little Debbies, pulling that thing, going up, winning. There winning, Devin. Winning. First one-man hot air balloon team. There now, you go. we do a thing in our show called Why Would They Do That? And I want to read something to you. <clears throat> you tell me if you would buy this product. You ready? Uh-huh. Has anyone ever told you you look like a million bucks? Have they? Devin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now you can smell like a million bucks, too, with crystal underarm deodorant that's scented to smell just like freshly minted money. Man. Ben, show him that picture. He's got to get some of this. <laughs> ben, you got that picture? Uh, oh, no. You never sent me that one. Oh, shoot. <laughs> anyway, I could have swore I sent you that I'm not, picture. I'm not, I'm not buying that, though. That's real. I don't need to smell You ain't like buying money. it? You ain't no. going to buy that deodorant? Smelling like money? I don't need to smell like money. I just need to have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta fake it till you make it, Devin. You gotta fake it till you make it. Where in the well, world? Get, get that big water, get that big water paper and wrap it. I wrap a hundred dollars around it, man. <laughs> ben, did you get that? Um, while he's getting that, how accurate was Cool Runnings? There's the picture of the the deodorant right there. Real life, wow. freshly minted really like- smell deodorant i don't i mean i don't weird. find the smell of money appealing me neither i think it smells nasty um, yeah yeah and people always oh, i love the so. smell of money well now they can just sniff that deodorant stick well is that is that yeah, used exactly. money that you're smelling or is that new money because it might i ain't never different. smelled new money ben how rich are you well i, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it on on air he's like well you're smelling old money marty because i only smell new money <laughs> Let's let's start counting up them billboard hits. We've been figuring it out. Billboards. There we go. I play a little billboard game every now and then, Devin. When I if I ever see you, do you live in Jamaica right now? I live in New, I live in New York. I'm sorry oh, okay. about that. Cool. I'm yeah. sorry. You got to yeah, live in New York. It's, it's, uh, it's like it's uh, three and a half, four hours, and, and I'm home, man. Boom. Hey, uh, when you move to Nashville someday. We're going to play some billboards together, okay? Yeah, Nashville is a cool city, man. I've been there a couple of times. Can't, can't sing a lick, though. Whenever you come <laughs> back, text me, and I'll show you the town. All right. Hendersonville. All right. <laughs> You're going to yeah, love it, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, uh, the movie. I asked you about the movie, the Cool Runnings movie. How <laughs> accurate is the movie? Not very. So, let me tell you let, let me tell that story. I was telling this, this story just this week. So the movie, the premise of the movie is that these guys were trying to go to the Summer Olympics. Didn't make the Summer Olympic team, so they decided to go to the Winter Olympics. Here's the thing. 
the winter in 1988, the winter and the summer Olympics were in the same year. So if you're trying to make the summer Olympics and you didn't, and you failed to do that, there's no way you could have gone to the winter Olympics because it would have passed. Mm. But that's the premise on which they started the movie. It took me years to figure that out, man. That's how good a storyteller they are. So after that, like, because y'all, you were the inspiration behind the movie. You and and three mm-hmm. other people. Did they consult you? Did they say anything? Hey, they're going to make a movie about you. Disney's making a movie, Cool Runnings, about you. Did you get? Was you in contact with people about it at all? Yeah, man. So yeah, we spent time with. And so I was saying, you know, we 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 chatted uh, with the writers. They took copious notes, and I imagine that when we left the the room, they threw with the notes and got the notepad and wrote something. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, no, let's write something interesting. This is boring. You know? <laughs> he didn't even go party <laughs> in the Olympic Village. I, no, that's boring. Okay, here we go, fellas. Exactly. exactly. Let's put him in a cardboard bar, dancing and, and fighting. <laughs> yes, sir. So you're you're yeah. in there consulting them about your story. They're taking notes. Then what? Mm-hmm. Then uh, we go away, and every six months or so, we heard they're filming, and then they're not filming. And five years later, by now I'm living in New York, and and they go, hey, they're filming in Calgary. Would you like to go? I'm like, sure. So I I got a chance to be on the set up in Calgary. Um, Really cool, very flattering. You know, it's really cool to to be on a Hollywood movie set. Uh, Even more flattering to to be on a Hollywood movie set watching them make a movie about part of your life. Really cool. Yeah. Awesome. What an honor. And then you, uh, did y'all actually, did they film some of that in Jamaica or was that filmed somewhere else? I actually wasn't on the set that I guess I didn't feel I need to have me down in Jamaica. Um, so yeah, they, they filmed there. So they filmed in reverse. They filmed the winter scenes in Calgary first and then went to Jamaica to film. When the part of the story in the movie it has y'all practicing on some sort of, in Jamaica with the bobsled mm-hmm. with wheels. Is that true, or did y'all always practice on ice? Um, uh, again, they took the truth and stretched it. With did have a makeshift sled on wheels that we pushed on the army base in Kingston on a flat concrete surface, just practicing the starts. So what they showed in the movie didn't happen. Doesn't make a drop of sense. Um, because it, there's no way to simulate going on a bobsled run on ice by going down the side of a hill. Hmm. That doesn't right. make any sense. Well, in the, uh, one part of the movie, if I remember correctly, they had an actual skate-like type of uh, course built. Did they not in that movie? I've seen it many times. I thought they had a similar to a, a, no. a slide, but they had they had the the, the and because they kept flying off of it with the bobsled. Oh, no. So I think you're talking about the early part of the movie when they were showing the team selection. And uh, and that's an example of how they took the truth and, and stretched it. So in real life, we were watching uh, these crashes. And, and uh, they were actually worse than what you saw in the movie. And yeah, there were crashes where the sleds were flying out of the tracks. So what you're seeing is the difference between tracks from yesteryear versus today. In in the old days, the track, the corners didn't have what we call lips. They didn't have this kind of wooden 
piece that hung over the corners that prevented the sleds from leaving the track. Mm. Mm. No, they have them. So, so that so helps people to keep, don't die. keep them. Yeah. yeah. Those people were taking off, man. So it, it makes it a little safer by keeping you in the track. Do you like the movie? Yeah, I love the movie. I thought it was a, a good human interest story that did a good job in depicting the spirit of the team, you know? Right. Entertaining. I've, I've always loved that movie. Always. And uh, I always thought it was true, too. So now I find out it's not all the way <laughs> yeah, true. It's based on a true story. Loosely based. Yeah, very loosely based. I don't like how loosely uh, it's based. Exactly. That's that's real generally loose. what I say. Very loosely based. Hmm. Now, when y'all were in the Olympics, you know how in the movie, y'all they go up over a turn and then they, they land and they, they're, they're, everybody's on their heads and they're sliding and they're stuck in the tunnel and there's this – the crowd is in this anticipation moment where they don't know if y'all are dead or alive <laughs> and then y'all take and y'all pick the – the thing up in the end, this is a great moment of the movie, right? The, the Jamaican team, yeah, yeah. they can't finish, but they pick up the the sled and they walk it across the finish line and become the Cinderella's even without winning of the Olympics that year. Did it, is any of that true? Well, um, the crash did happen, not because of because bolts uh, came loose, but because the driver you know messed up. Um, and yet we did sl slide down the, the track from corner nine to 14. I don't know how many seconds that is, um, but we did slide on our heads, as you saw in the movie, and the sled did come to a stop. And I think everybody waited with bated breath, and then we crawled out of the sled. But no, we did not pick up the sled. The sled weighs 650 pounds. Mm. Very difficult to hold. So imagine, I mean, it, it was just like one of the, the the worst move anybody could ever think of in real life, to go pick up that thing at that stage and, and lift it over your head. No, on you ice. push the thing yeah. on ice. Imagine if you slip and that thing falls yeah. on you. <laughs> Not good. I'm like, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Y'all lifted that 650 pounds. Yeah. He really wants to believe but, that. Devin, he no, really wants to believe that. Well, we did not lift it. I'm going to act like you instead. did lift it. For, <laughs> yeah. the rest of, for the rest of my life, I'm going to act like you lifted it. You're by yourself, Devin. Because the movie said so. Yeah. Uh, by yourself, you lifted it and carried it across the finish line. Man, I, I held it under my arm just like that. Exactly. Yeah, now see, we're talking. There you go. Yeah. He's going to cut the rest of what you said out. And he, the, all he's going to say is, did you really do that? And you're going to say, it's going to cut to you saying, I had it under my arm by myself. Exactly. And that's, that's yeah. going to be the story. That's it. I'm like the guys. I'm the guys. Me. <laughs> under his arm. Devin, you're my hero. My hero. Now, you've written two books, maybe more now. Yes, yes I can and keep on pushing. Mm -hmm. one, of them is a, one of them is a children's book. Yeah. I have them here too. Uh, so, a children's book. Can I order those directly from you and you and you sign them for me? Yeah, DevonHarris.com and DevonHarris.com. Awesome. Yes, I can. The story of the Jamaican bobsled team. And look at this fellow on this cover. Look at him. Look at him. Look nice. At him. Look at him. Uh, almost got it under your arm right there. That bobsled. <laughs> exactly. Keep on, keep on pushing. Hot lessons from cool runnings, man. So if I go to your website, DevonHarris.com, I can get an yep. I can order a autographed copy. 
uh, you order it and then email me. I, I leave the instructions in the in, in the order form as to who you want me to sign it to and how one. I hook you up. I want you to sign it to me, Big Daddy Beef. That's what I want you to tell me. <laughs> Two Big Daddy yeah, Beef. Know, I carried it under I'm my like, arm. <laughs> Devin Harris. You understand? I'm That's gonna, exactly I'm, what I want I'm gonna, to I'm say. Gonna try, I'm going to Big Daddy Beef. Leave them Debbies alone, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to send you a note back, and I'm going to say, I'm preparing for tug of war. I'm an Olympian. <laughs> you understand? I'm an Olympian. <laughs> God. Right, you're in training. You're in training. I've been training. It. I've been in training my whole life, Devin. I've waited my whole life. <laughs> for this moment man. dude you were born a little too late man you could have been in the olympics I'm i know 1920 i'm still holding out the tug mm. of war is coming back they're gonna bring it back they're bringing it back and you big we fat can, friend can, right here can. gonna be on the end of one of them ropes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we make, got the team right here make the em, olympic winning team uh, right here making people cry on the other end yeah they're gonna be like these you can't beat these americans <laughs> you just can't beat them Look at them. Man, look yeah. at it. These people know how to eat. <laughs> hey, no, but hey, remember, like, so Japan has those sumo wrestlers. You see how big oh, those, those yeah. are, man? That's true. That's so, true. So, uh, think about that. Well, they're already wanting to do sumo. In, in, in Nagano, they had a sumo wrestler uh, walking with every delegation into the, into the uh, ceremony. So as you're walking down the tunnel into the, into the stadium, all the sumo wrestlers are, le- are lined up waiting for on, on their nation to come up. And you know how when they they get ready to fight they do that stance. Yeah. So so I walked up to one I walked up to one of them and I go and I did the stance. <laughs> he started laughing. Like, oh I thought you I thought <laughs> it was about to get real interesting. And they were like they went and belly bumped you and you rolled back. No, no, that would have no, been no, funny. No, no. He just laughs, man. He was like, what are you doing, man? You, you want to go home, uh, Mr. Jamaican boy? <laughs> yeah, don't come up to me and slap, slap. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, slap you, like yeah, that, right. slap like that. I take it as a battle cry. <laughs> exactly. I look at it as, okay, it's time to go now. Pull oh, out man. the Twinkies. Pull, pull out the Twinkies. Pull out the Twinkies. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting my, I'm getting my thick diaper thong on, and we're going at it. <laughs> diaper thong. Diaper thong. <laughs> Man. I'm coining that phrase for the sumos yeah. diaper thong. Yeah, right. you got some things in your mind right I now do. that are very not. I, I was going to say, th- I'm a thong rider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional thong rider. It sounds like you're saying thong rider, <laughs> not writer, but rider. Like you're a thong rider. <laughs> hear it however you want to hear it, man. Hear it how you want to hear it. You know he what I'm saying? There, right? Who said I ain't saying Who that? said I ain't? You don't know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look out. You got to look out for us, Devin. Yeah, the man has to wait with words, man. <laughs> he does. He's a, he's a thong rider, so he knows all about it. Um, what's the what's the greatest the greatest achievement that you've achieved in your life is it the olympian for life is that your fondest moment no 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 so i talk about this often too that i'm called many things you know some of them very flattering some a little unsavory um but the thing i love being called the most is daddy i love that there you go. that's show yeah. right yeah i love that yeah. too yeah Love being called daddy. Every Except time. when I have to say, go call Except, There are times when I say, go call your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, I'm going to tell you, every you time know, Chris calls me daddy, 
It means the world to me. I appreciate you, Chris. Thank you, Diddy. <laughs> I appreciate that. It means the world. Coming from a thong rider like him, it really is special. It's, it's went downhill. It, it started off great. The whole play, the whole things went downhill. Uh, Devin, now you're a you're a motivational speaker. Is that what you do for a living now? Yeah, man. Plus, uh, that we didn't talk about the fact that I have a charity as well. No, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about it right now. Heck yeah! It's All called right. keep it. It's called keep it moving. Keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. See, I, yeah, man, I was on. I was on point the whole time, and he started saying thong yeah, yeah. rider, Devin. It's his fault. <laughs> he got thongs in my head, and now I forgot about it. Okay, now keep on pushing. Tell us about keep on pushing <clears throat> charity. So, um, the uh, y- y- this is a few years by now. I visited the, the, my primary school, my elementary school, back in the old neighborhood. I uh, was speaking to the principal. I'm like, so what's the biggest issue you have? And it was the fact that kids were coming to school hungry. And I think we all know that if you if you're hungry, you can't learn. If you can't learn, you, you don't get educated. And you know, definitely in neighborhoods like mine, if you miss the bus, you have missed the bus. You know, and I've seen both sides of this coin in the sense that I've grown up there, gone through that full experience. I've served in the army and have gone back on raids in the old neighborhood and other neighborhoods like that, looking for. You know, you know, call them bad boys, guys who had gone on the other side of the law. Um, but, you know, having the experience growing up there and recognizing that there's so much potential in that environment, but you have to, it needs nurturing and it, sometimes it needs help. It needs a little push start. And so that's how we ended up starting the foundation, Keep On Pushing. And um, so we support a breakfast program at the old elementary school. We've been supporting a a uh, uh, school supplies program in about 10 schools there as well. We have done that. Uh, we just finished building what, what we call a sick bay. It's kind of like a nurse's station, a place where kids who aren't feeling so well can go hang out during the day. And then there's a another a small office, private office for the guidance counselor as well to help guide some of the kids who are having a challenging time. Um, and so the next, the next big plan is to build a, a computer center there. So it's probably awesome. going to house about 25 uh, computers. So that's that's the the next goal. You're so basically cuz I read about this. It's it's a it's to help disadvantaged kids <laughs> to get education. It's not just for food and stuff like that, right? Is or is that right. the main No, right. So you're absolutely right. So that the our goal is to provide practical solutions some of the issues that are prevented kids from getting properly educated in disadvantaged communities. And so, you know, in ones like in my elementary school, we start with a breakfast program and we have the school supplies program, but then somewhere else it could be, um, it's, it will be a different need and the goal would be to um, solve those issues to, 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 to address those particular needs. So, yeah, absolutely. So although right now we're, the work is kind of focused in my old neighborhood. The goal is to grow it beyond uh, that neighborhood to across Jamaica, across the Caribbean, into South and Central America. Nice. And then Probably hopefully to America, because there's some, yeah, there's yeah. some problems coming, over here, too. Coming right, coming right up. Well, you know, and I, and I was about to say coming right up across the border, but on a serious note, yeah, I mean, I 
the work that I do in America is a little bit different at the moment. I mean, the, the idea is to grow the effectiveness of the foundation with the funding and so on to have some of that work being done in the inner cities right. um, across the U.S. Um, for now, you know, I just I just spend time going to the kids to just kind of talk to them about um, being their best uh, because I also recognize that while there are many challenges here in America, it's, it is also relative. You can't, it's unfair to compare the challenges that a kid in the inner city has here in America to one, uh, to a child in Jamaica or some other developing country. Cause it, it the, the two are far, um, far apart. Amen. You know? Yeah. One, although they're in tough neighborhoods, I promise you the kid in America has so many more opportunities. I guarantee you that's the case. Yeah. I always say, uh, this is something I always say. I say everything that you have right now is everything that someone else ever wanted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these these people that are underprivileged in America, there's people all over the world that would love to be as underprivileged as they are. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. What else is coming up for you? Yeah, man. So um, really just more speaking, um, I've uh, just started since COVID actually not just pivoting a little bit from just giving keynote speaking to um, uh, providing mindset resilience training. As you know, all of us go through these tough times um, where life you know, kind of beats you down and the the difference between the guy or the girl who is able to get up and kind of charge back at life and the one who succumb is uh, your ability to be resilient, your ability to keep on pushing, you know, and most of it is happening up here. So I'm trying to uh, train up, coach up uh, individuals and teams, uh, sales teams in particular, and and uh, developing their uh, their resiliency becoming mentally tougher mm. well i know you've inspired me today greatly and you did Thank you, you did all the way back since i was a boy when i thought that story was true <laughs> so my whole life i was inspired by that story and now i'm just inspired by you so i appreciate you Devin. it's been an honor having you here. We yeah, end man, every, it's been fun. It's been fun. We we end every show with an unbelievable fact. I got two to two. I was going to say today, tonight. I got two that are Olympics facts. You ready? Go ahead, not me. You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. The first one is: gold medals are made mostly of silver. Mm-hmm. No response to that. You can care less. I can care less. No, <laughs> no uh, are, they, are they just uh, are they just plated? That's what it says. Yeah, I think that, yeah. It's not. Re- I, I can't remember. Was was I think the last time they made re- the, the medals were made of real gold was maybe in 1904. I can't don't don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere down there. See if yeah. I would have won one for tug of war. Tug of war, you would have got, got a real, real gold. Me- real gold, yeah. Several. Because yeah, I would have been, been winning that, every four that, years. Yeah. Uh, the other fact is only one person has ever won a medal in both summer and winter Olympics. His name was Eddie Egon. He won for boxing and 
What do you think Yossi won for the other medal? What do you think he won the other medal for, Devin? Uh, in uh, boxing. So, he's, he's a boxer. In the summer. What have done? Yeah, so uh, skiing? Bobsledding. That's right. Eddie? Eddie Egon. He's an American. I have to look him up. Hey, look up Eddie. So, so, so. So you, so we have to update that information though because Lauren Williams, American girl, she's won um, in both. She, she's a track star for the U.S. and she she also became a boxer and won a medal. Oh, really? But oh, wow. Eddie, yeah. Was this recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So Lauren, when did Lauren win? <clears throat> so Lauren, ooh, do 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 Sochi. I think she won in Sochi. And she and um, when she probably won Australia, but she's won. She, she's a former world uh, world champion, hundred meters. Lauren right. Williams, look check her up. Uh, and she's won medals in both summer and winter. Well, I'm gonna call uh, the people that made this list and uh, chew them out real good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eddie. I, I never heard his name. I'm, I'm going to have to look him up now. Eddie Egon. It's interesting. One last question, and then we're done here. Um, in the movie Cool Runnings, when y'all were pushing the sled, the Swedish mm-hmm. team had this chant. Y'all created uh, your own. Was that real? Uh, Please I'm say sorry, yes. man. Shut up. <laughs> You've been living a lie My your whole entire life. life. Is a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. What, Marty? <laughs> what did y'all say anything? Please say you said something. We're gonna win. Set back. We go back. Set up and uh, one, two. And, uh, and I'll take it. I, I like that. It. That sounds amazing. Sorry, man. I know feel the rhythm, feel the rhythm sounds way cooler. But you know, I tried. I I did that once when I was um working to qualify for Nagano. It was so distracting. It just it took all the energy, all the intensity out of me. So I, I drove. I didn't crash. I crossed the finish line, and I go, wow, that was a wasted run. I learned nothing. If I can think of one bobsled run in my entire career where I did not learn a thing, it was that one. When mm. I said, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. So you never felt the rhythm of the rhyme again? I never said that again, so I could feel the rhythm and the rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been feeling the rhythm and the rhyme ever since. I believe that movie came out in 90-something, right? 92? Was it 90-something? 93. 93. Mm -hmm. I've been feeling the rhythm and the rhyme ever since, and I say that before I get in my car every time. That's not true. I really don't. But I, well, that was an inspiring moment that they they watched the Swedish team. You probably I don't know if you remember the movie or not. Oh yeah, you remember this part where they yeah, were watching yeah. the Swedish team, and well, the Swedish it, team it, had this little thing. Swiss, the Swiss team. The Swiss team. The Swiss so, team. I, Swiss I, and Swedish. Yeah, Swiss, same, Marty, get it right. Thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Billiards, billboard, same billboard. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Devin, we're gonna let you go. You're probably uh, hungry. I know I am. I'm looking for little Debbie's. <laughs> And uh, if I don't if I don't end soon, I'll be snacking and there'll be crumbs in my beard as I'm uh, talking to you. Everybody, go go support. How does people? How do people support your foundation? Keep on pushing. Yeah, keep on pushing. dot org, or if they go to my website devonharris.com, there's a link uh, from my website to the 
um, foundation as well. It was keep on pushing. It was keep on pushing. Dot org, not dot com, right? Yeah, dot dot org, dot org, dot org. Keep on pushing. Dot org. Thank you, Devin. Yep. Thank you so much. So good to meet you. you. God bless you, brother. Hey, yeah, man. Let's let's stay in touch, bro. Looking forward to it. Next time I'm in Nashville, I'm coming to find you, man. Yes, Um, sir. please Please do. When I never come to New York, uh, I probably won't ever come to New York. But <laughs> I love New York. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I tell, I tell people all the time. So you know, I, I I don't necessarily have a favorite country artist, but I do listen to country music, man. Oh, okay. Um, that, that, that's that's what I'm. That you know, my my kids are like, turn the radio off. I'm like, right. what's your what's your favorite country like, song? Don't you ever dare touch a black man's radio. <laughs> what's your favorite country song? Jeez, Leon Womack, Womack, I hope you dance. Oh, that's my mama's song to me. Yep. My mama, she dedicated that song to me when I graduated, and she still plays it for me all the time. That was written by Tia Sillers and Mark D. Sanders, friends of mine. Wow. It's an awesome song. God bless you, brother. I love you to death. Love you too, bro. Thank you so much for having me, man. This has been fun. See you, Devin. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it.